0: Welcome back to Trading Business School, the podcast where we have real conversations and we share insights and tips on how you can run your trade or contracting business more enjoyably, simply, and profitably. Today I'm going to be talking about the how to stop time thieves and get more done. And I've got a real life example for you today with a special guest, Kevin Bracken. How are you today, Kevin? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. So thrilled to have you here. These are the conversations I love to have because it's the, the real conversations. Like You're one of our clients in our program. You have been for quite a while. And we were talking the other day and you were talking about way back when you joined our program and time. And you were noticing and reflecting the changes that had occurred both within yourself and in your business. And I know that it is so relevant to our listeners, wherever, wherever they are in the world and wherever they're at in their businesses, time is, is so, so relevant. They're, they're pushed. They're working very long hours. And I was so excited to invite you on the show today to be able to chat about your personal experience of growth and what you actually did. So we're going to dive into some real practical things, um, and, and chat about it. So. To, to kick off, how long have you been with us and what's your business?
1: So the business I run, I'm the General Manager for Eco Life Solutions. We are an insulation manufacturing company based in Queensland with another manufacturing center in Sydney. And then we have a couple of distribution centers in Sunshine Coast in Queensland and down in Canberra as well. Um, we've been in business for going on 25, 26 years now and... Um, yeah, growing rapidly over the last couple of years. It's been it's been a, it's been immense.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit of a ride the last couple of years, at least, hasn't it? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, loving every minute of it. though.
0: Yeah, I know you are. I know. And so, wherever you're tuning in from today, I know Kevin's business. Yes, it's manufacturing, and yes, he may have been in business maybe a little longer longer than you have. And, and yes, the size might be different. However, what we're talking about today is very, very relevant. Uh, it can be applied, especially for any trades, contracting business of any size. We all have time as our number one resource, the most precious resource we have. So it's a super relevant conversation. So stick with us. So let's wind back the clock a little bit, Kevin, to right back at the beginning when you joined us. And what were the what were the sort of time-based problems that you were facing? So I
1: joined back in end of January 2021. And um, at that stage, I'd been in the general manager role for the company here for about six to eight months. And I kind of found myself, I knew what I knew, but I also knew I had a lot more I needed to learn. Didn't quite know where to go, asking those questions. Went searching, found the game changers and the Trading business school. Got in contact with the guys, and that's it's been off to the races ever since. Time wise, I used to I used to lose a lot of time from, as Miranda said, the time thieves. Whether it be some of the people in my business, some of the systems in my business, some of the processes, then my own ego too, being afraid to let go of the reins and
0: Delegate. Oh, you've touched on some juicy topics here We will dive into those. So stick with us. We're gonna unpack. We've actually got three specific. We never know. We might go a little bit wild side and add some more along the way. But we've got three specific tactics we're gonna share and things that that Kevin did in his business to stop the time thieves. Just talk to me a little bit about how, how you were you were feeling when you were noticing all of these things that you were just under the pump with time.
1: At the start. It was before I joined and in the first six months, even though I'd been with the business eight years before that, it was the constant never-ending need from everyone within the business dragging me in different directions. I could never get a run on, on the projects I was working on. I was always just effectively being the answer man, answering all those questions, being the easy get when it comes to oh, how do we solve this? Or how do we go about that? Rather than the guys or the girls going and solving the problem themselves, ah, it's easy. We'll just go ask Kev. He'll tell us when. he tell us what. He'll tell us why. he can tell us where. And it, it dragged me away immensely from actually getting the bigger picture things done for the business to help the business thrive, grow, survive during COVID, and then excel through COVID.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that. And I, I've heard people say that so, so often and clients saying that they uh, are pulled and feel that they're sort of pulled in multiple directions all day. And as you said, you couldn't get a run on anything um, to have projects and things that you know will move the needle in your business that you need to be doing, yet you can't get to them because the phone bloody won't stop ringing. And the door, you know, everyone just keeps knocking on the door uh, all of the time, constantly asking questions. And so I suppose for a moment, going back then for you, was it like the easier option just to give them the answer?
1: In short way of thinking, yeah, it was the easy answer the question, get it done, get it out of the way. When I sat back after joining Game Changers and and the, the trading business school, it was really, why are you doing this? You're doing it the hard way. Teach someone to do it once. They can do it forever rather than just keep doing it for them. Uh, and that was that was the light bulb moment or the, the one that gave me hours back every day.
0: So the realization that to invest maybe more time up front would save you time in... The future. Um, so, you know, and I've heard, heard people do it. Well, if it's only going to take me five minutes now or 15 minutes now to actually do the thing, it's way faster. But if you were to invest an hour now, so you, an hour now or two hours now to save that 15 minutes, hundreds of times during the year, thousands of times, you know, when you do the numbers, it stacks up to invest the two hours now. Uh, yet it, it is having that realization that, wow, I'm actually being the answer man or the answer girl, the answer lady or whatever you're being. And I, and I suppose touching back on what you talked about earlier about ego, what you know, how did that come into play when it was you know, being, being the answer man all of the time? I guess
1: for the position I'm in in the business, I'm younger than most of the people I manage. So for me at the start, it was justifying to myself that I knew what needed to be done. I was able to give the answers to try make sure I could get everybody else on board with the direction I was trying to lead the business. If I can show them I know how to do it, they'll trust me, they'll follow me, they'll roll in behind and, and, and pick, up the, pick up the slack when I can't do it. But I let that go too long. And it became the norm rather than the exception, where all of a sudden, it was every day I was answering all these questions. And it was every week every month and I was just getting nothing else done on answering questions here, answering questions there, as you said, Miranda, not being able to knock over those projects that were going to really move the needle six months, ten months, twelve months down
0: the line. And I'll probably go as far to say as that you might not have even had the time to sit down and think about well, what were those projects? Very easy to sit back now, well I didn't I couldn't work on the projects. And the things that I knew were going to move the needle in my business, had you actually could, did you have enough breathing time to even sit down and think about what those would be more strategically?
1: The odd time, you get an hour there where the phone wouldn't ring. and it's like, oh, Jesus, might actually get some stuff done. And then it rings. Yeah. But you get to kind of brainstorm some of these ideas, but never really flesh them out.
0: Mm. So it was kind of always half-baked.
1: Half-hoursed. Just never really, ever get some momentum. Not structured my day, not structured my week, and just going round in circles on the on the hamster wheel, really.
0: Oh, that's right. You said you left it too long, uh, and that's it's that need, that ego's need for credibility. We feel good. We we have a need to look good. It's part of the human good condition that uh, we will look more credible often in the eyes of others if we know the answer so we give the answer however the standards we set today become the standards of tomorrow and therefore as you every question that you answered you, you created a rod for your own back and it sounds like you, you came to that realization we came into the program it was like, okay this has got to stop it's one of the first things that needs to stop. Uh, and I know that's one of the things I definitely work on um with clients in, in both of our programs is time is one of the first things we look at yet um I think you know understanding that there are a lot of there are a lot of parts of ourselves as human beings involved in being the answer man and I suppose there were, there's a couple of things there let's let's look at the how a couple of the things that you did within yourself and actions that you took to stop being the answer man what were they?
1: first one was. One of the first things I learned once I joined then, just say no. It's the easiest, shortest sentence you'll ever come up with. (laughs) You Just say no. It's a sentence in itself. You don't have to explain. Somebody asks you for something, you just say no. If it's something that warrants further investigations, ask the questions. Half the time when my guys were coming to me, they already knew the answer. It was just reassurance they were coming for. Really. So I asked them a couple of questions. and. Okay, well, what do you think your, what would your approach be? And then they basically hand me back the answer I would have given them anyway. They just wanted to, I guess, hear it from me because they've gotten used to hearing it from me.
0: Uh, you touched on something really important. There is that validation, that assurance that they're on track. And there are ways to guide a mentor as you're managing and leading in your business. And every, everyone, every one of you out there listening that owns a business, you're a leader, uh, you're, you're managing your business, so it doesn't matter whether well, there's only you in the business right now, you are leading your business. And it's, really, it's a really important conversation to have is setting those boundaries around saying no and saying no and asking the questions, recognizing that the people that work with you often want to be validated and feel assured they might be lacking confidence. So if you empower them and encourage their thinking through, as Kevin said, asking them what would your approach be? Um, one of the one of the recommendations I'll often make is when someone comes and asks you a question is train them to bring two solutions to you. And they may or may not be the correct solutions, yet it engages their thinking. and what that will teach you is where their thinking is at. It will give you really important information on on perhaps any additional support or, or training that they might need and it will give you a starting point. So uh, you train them to well, what are, what are a couple of ideas that you had.
1: Absolutely. We, uh, I tried that a lot with my younger project manager or factory manager in my Sydney branch. And he came on leaps and bounds within the space of the first couple of weeks. He was never a really outgoing, outspoken, confident person, but he had all the answers within himself. Just didn't, he didn't have the confidence within himself, but he had the answers. And once I kind of flipped it on his head to him and started to ask him those questions and dragged those answers out. And I say drag because he was reluctant to give them until I started reassuring him, reassuring the answers he gave me, the approaches he took. It was exactly how I trained him. He just wasn't confident in it on his, on his own to start off with. Within a couple of weeks, those phone calls went from 40 a day to 4. Then I was sometimes calling him to get an update because I hadn't heard from him all day and it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon and he was on his way home. I was like, come on, Benny, just fill me in. How did the day go? But I started to ring him just for a chat.
0: What a turnaround, you know, 40 calls a day to 40 to you having to call him to check in. And that's the power of, of confidence. And, and building their confidence to do things to be able to make decision, decisions and think without you, and that you build that trust that they can make those decisions because they've displayed their thinking to you through answering those things, but sticking at it. So powerful. Before we move on to the second the second thing uh, that you, you use to stop the time thieves, were there any challenges that you noticed in saying no to people and setting those boundaries? Did you notice that there were obstacles even within doing that, that new behavior?
1: Yes, because it was such a shock to a lot of my team. So like, but well, why? A lot of it came to, well, what did I do wrong? They were thinking they'd done something wrong because I was just giving them an outright no. Go solve it yourself. To bring, I guess, to bring the confidence out in them to, they just were too useful. They got, I got a bit of pushback in the first while, but then once I started asking more questions and bring them along in the decision making process and showed them the way and mapped out the idea or the, idea mapping, I would have had the same situation. They understood where I was coming from. They then kind of understood the solving of the problem themselves and how they'd approach it. And once they explained how they would approach it to me, I was like, you've got it. You don't even need me it anymore. It's all you.
0: <laughs> so good. Such a, so, and it's such a valuable lesson in that it's got to stick with these things and understand that when we make decisions to change, change behavior, to change process, whatever the change is, those around us that are involved in the change didn't necessarily sign up for it in that moment or are aware of it. And so then the when the decision is made on the change and to then take action on the change, then the next job becomes or the action becomes enrolling and engaging others. And some, depending on characteristics and personality traits and where they're at, uh, some will take longer than others. And so it's bringing, that's where you got to step into bringing them all along as you did beautifully. Um, it's a great share. So the second, the second way to stop uh, time thieves was, uh, I'll let you share, what, what was it?
1: For the second one, for sure was our processes. I hmm. can look at our how we did things, how we continue to do things and how we want to do things in the future. How much dead time is in there? How many things can we automate? Does it have to be five steps when it could be three? Does it have to go through two to three hands for approval before it gets a decision where really it's just one step? It's only one person really needs to know. We went back and we looked at a lot of our process and 15, 16 months in, we're still doing it. Because some of the ones that we've updated already, we've now outgrown and need to update them again. Perfect example. I joined in January of 21. We were a year into COVID at that stage and things were still changing on a weekly basis. How we get our guys to work, how many guys we can have in the factory, uh, as opposed to do we have to split and go into split shifts? How do we keep the machine turning and keep the production up, dealing with everything else that's going on in the outside world? It's not, it's not our fault, but we got to work with it. And assessing all those processes, cutting out the dead weight or the dead time and effort where it just doesn't need to be there?
0: So it was a constant optimization. So once you've got systems in place is to then look at always ways to optimize them. Um, And it can be a bit of a fancy word. All it is is looking for uh, ways in which they could be improved to be better. And better might be productivity, efficiency. It might be something else. There's a couple of things you said there, Kevin. One I heard was around uh, letting go and, and always looking for the status quo. So just because it's always been done one way doesn't mean that's the best path forward doesn't mean it should be still done that way just because it's always been done that way that is one of the things to always look out for in thinking and in people saying it in, in any business is well you know why did you do it that way well it's always been done that way because then you just end up with robots just ticking boxes and it's there's no there's no growth in that and when that happens the the world around a business the the clients the market the environment the the economy all moves and shifts around a business. And the business stays the same, and we all know what happens then. You know, the, the business just doesn't keep up. So, always looking out for those things and looking out for um, simplicity. Is this the, and asking yourself, is this the simplest way this, this could be done? Because, um, and I wonder if anyone out there is listening, thinking that it has a tendency to overcomplicate to overcomplicate and add steps. And if you really take a step back and go, is this the simplest way that I can achieve the outcome? And if it's not, then look at ways to strip it back.
1: There's so many ways that you can save time in your day, structure your week. You can, just in the, the way you even get up in the morning to start your day, sets you up for the rest of your day or how your first hour of the week goes or your first day of the week goes, sets you up for the rest of the week. Having that process, having that system Cutting out the inefficiencies that makes your life so much easier. Because it's not just time within the business that you're getting back. It's time outside your business you're getting back. I'd much rather not work 50 hours a week if I can only work 25. It'd be great.
0: Absolutely. I know there's so many people listening today. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm down for that as well. And one of the tools that um, I know we talked about it earlier, one of the tools we do recommend is, and we've talked about it on so many um, podcast episodes so far, is the task audit. So get a get a copy of the task audit is the fastest way you can start figuring out where your time is going. I know it's one of the tools, one of the many tools that Kevin used. Um, So if you haven't already got it, then jump over into the uh, Tradies and General Contractors facebook group group it's a free facebook group we have um we do live trainings and you'll be able to get a copy of the task audit in there you know even if you jump in there and go just type a message in there and then go hey can i get a copy of the task order? we will take care of you but that's one of the ways um I thoroughly recommend doing that so there's the third uh the third way to stop the time thieves which was around letting go of the reins tell me a little bit about that one
1: So it comes down to ego. It comes down to being involved in the business and feeling like I had to be touching everything or involved in every part of the business where I found after uh, letting go on the reins, and exactly as you said, Miranda, it it took on a new life of its own. I could only do so much. And I was pulling those reins effectively. I was holding them back. Um, By giving the people, giving the team more responsibility in different aspects of the roles of the procedures and systems themselves, they were able to make better procedures than me because they do it every day. They could see the gap and holes that were just sucking up time. And once i put pull it to them and go, well, where in your day are we losing time? Let's look at those procedures and let's get you some time back. Oh, I was flooded with, oh, how about this? How about that? Can we do this instead? Let's cut the time out of this one. I don't need to see half of this stuff. Um, as long as it hits ABC parameters, it should be. Can we automate it?
0: I love that. You know, I I hear so many clients. So how do I get my team to take on and start doing the systems? And it's always really start thinking about why. Why would they? Why? What's in it for them? Really. And you can say this is and, and position it as this is, um, these are our goals and this is, this is what we're going to be doing here and we, this is a new way of operating. Yet getting them on board with something like time and making their life easier and saving time for themselves as well. So overall, uh, for one, the, the, there's more work. Uh, potentially they get paid more if there's more work on, if there's greater efficiencies. And how could they have a more stress-free day and and have more time in their lives and worlds as well, and in their days. Then engaging them on that, I love what you, what you did. Is they you, suddenly they start bringing you solutions.
1: That's it. It's they're they're the closest person to the source of the information, or the source of the problem, or the system, or procedure, whatever it may be. Now, I'm reasonably removed from most of the day to day stuff in the business. It's more of the bigger side of things, bigger picture side of things. Trying to the next six months and the next twelve months that I'm working on. I'm not there at the coalface dealing with the orders as they come from customers and processing. And that's where I need the, the help with. So from some of the guys. It's, they're the ones doing it. They've got the ideas that, oh, I can just do two clicks instead of five. How do we go about doing it? Can we get that done? Yep, yeah, sweet. There's a 60% save on whatever it is they were doing. They can now get that stuff done in an hour rather than taking a whole day or half a day or whatever it may be and they can get on to the next thing.
0: Mm. And I think that probably circles into the first the sorry the second one we talked about, which is around um building confidence and building confidence and things like that and processes and 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 streamlining all of those things they they feed into each other
1: yeah they absolutely work off each other, and yeah. as the confidence grows in the team, they're coming up with more and more solutions yeah. before I know there's a problem It's great
0: yeah
1: it really, really is.
0: And so I'm thinking for a moment about many of the listeners right now who may not have big teams. We know that there's a quite a hiring issue out there at the moment, and even many many trades owners are they want to hire and they've been trying to hire, but with a bit of a labor shortage at the moment, bit of a, a rather major rate labor shortage at the moment. Um, there are many businesses that maybe aren't and don't have the teams that they aspire to at the moment. What I will say is this: is this conversation is completely relevant. Now is the opportunity that you have to start thinking about creating a couple of systems in your business, documenting a few things, thinking about what it means to let go, looking at the mindset and the ego around letting go of the reins and being the answer man and what that means to you. Explore those things and consider that because if you're saying to yourself, well, no one else does it as good as me or as well as me. I'm the only one that can do this or I, I solve the problems, I, I've got a unique way of solving problems, then you will become the bottleneck that Kevin has identified that he wo- once was. and You were bottlenecking the business, right?
1: Absolutely. Couldn't put it in a better word, or bottleneck. That's all I was. Yeah. I could see where I wanted to get the business to go to, but I couldn't do anything about it because I was anchoring myself to where I was, anchoring the business to where the business was. I needed to just step back and get out of everybody's way effectively.
0: And in the process, you got out of your own way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so enjoying, enjoying so, much, so many more parts of the business that I didn't get the chance to get my fingers into to help build and grow and lead.
0: So before we wrap it up, was it, were there any aspects of this process that you felt hard or you felt that you wanted to slip back to the old way of doing things?
1: The being involved in everything took a lot of letting go. It took a lot of letting go because there was fear-based stuff where I was afraid somebody else wasn't going to do it as well as I did. There was the fear of some people taking reins and absolutely showing me up for the fact that there's far better ways of doing it. So both sides of the same coin, I was afraid of both sides, but effectively, once I got over my ego and stepped back and let somebody else in to do the role, we're away way to the races.
0: And in stepping back, you were driving the bus.
1: Yes, more so. <laughs> stepping back from the day to day to look at the where the bus was heading rather than the smaller details in the back of the bus.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, someone needs to drive that bus, so... Yeah, it's, it's such such a great lesson. What advice, if you were to give yourself some advice, or you could even take another angle, yourself or, or another business owner at a similar stage that you were back then at the beginning of 2021, if you were to hand on some advice, what would it be?
1: Set boundaries for yourself or communicate your boundaries well within your team. If there's a big problem, they need to come to you. They need to know they can. It's not just going to be that no. For the smaller stuff, they need to know. There's boundaries there for that too. but Varying boundaries for varying size problems. Build confidence within your team. Even if you're only a two-man, three-man, four-man band, there's no difference between that and our business right now when we're up to 45, 47 people at this stage. It's the same, the same process, the same framework. As long as you've got the confidence of your team and they understand you and where your boundaries are, They'll work within theirs. You can work within yours and you can get so much more done together.
0: Love it. Love it. Strong parting words. We look at the time. Wow, this episode's a, a good long one and I love varying the lengths of these. It's such a valuable conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kevin. it uh, been absolute joy having you here. Um, and so... If you're listening to this episode and you've liked it, you've loved it, loved it, and you uh, then share it, hit the share button below, share it, uh, share it out there so others can benefit from it as well. And if you haven't jumped into the free Facebook group, Trade's and General Contractors Global, then jump on over there because we we share a lot of uh, a lot of free tools and tips and things like that. So definitely, know you'll get some value there. That is it for today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Kevin.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a blast.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, uh, we'll leave it there for now. And uh, until next week, bye for now.